Hey, sister, welcome back to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. One of my favorite things about having guests on this platform is hearing the wide variety of ways women come to join and choose which organization they're going to become a member of. While many of us go through the primary recruitment process, others join through continuous open bidding, still others don't even come to become a member of their sorority until after graduation. That's like Clarissa's story as she became an alumna initiate of Alpha Omicron Pi a few years after she graduated, following in her sister's footsteps. Having both of them pursue degrees in higher education, it is so sweet to hear Clarissa's story of continuing to give back and feel so rewarded for her membership in AOPI without even having been a collegiate member. I am so eager for your mind to be opened about the opportunities of membership long beyond college itself. Here is my conversation with Clarissa. Hey sister, Cassie Little here to welcome you to your sorority journey, a podcast for sisters to find guidance and confidence in any season of their membership. Our rock star guests and I have intentional conversations, discuss unpopular topics, and provide relevant encouragement to be an extension of your sisterhood. So thanks for inviting us on your journey. Are you ready to dive in? Clarissa, welcome to the Your Sorority Journey podcast. I am so excited to chat with you today. I am so excited too. Right before we started recording, you told me that it's a life goal of yours to be on a podcast. (laughs) Tell me about that. Like why, how did that come to be a goal of yours? So my big like 10, 20 year goal was to always like give a TED talk. And then I was like, okay, Okay. that's kind of of realistic, but let's kind of like break it down a little more. And you know, like this, like this was kind of like in a time where podcasts started like popping up left and right. And so, um, that's kind of like, well, maybe this is like my step one to get into like the next thing. So um, you are like totally like helping me meet like a life goal right now. And I'm <laughs> so excited right now. Oh my gosh. Well, we're so excited to have you. I think from getting to know you briefly, you have a super unique sorority story and I'm excited for our audience to get to hear it. But before we jump into that, if you could give a TED talk tomorrow, what would the topic be? I would probably do something around like servant leadership and like kind of like similar to like Simon Sinek's like finding your why but like around like college students and like leadership and like um how you might not always need that validation and kind of like trusting your own path and so yeah that was a good good. question (laughs) well I think that's like a great lead-in to talking about your collegiate experience and how that led you to be a sorority woman after graduation so do you want to just like walk us through your sorority journey like your early perspectives of fraternity and sorority life through actually joining as an alumna yeah so um kind of like a little bit about my collegiate journey I went to community college for three years I didn't know what I wanted to do right off the bat And then I transferred to my undergrad and, um, you know, I I knew right off, off, like right from the jump that I wanted to get involved. And I really didn't know like what that was going to look like. And I'll never forget, you know, like everyone is tabling like down the plaza and um, I see like Panhellenic like tabling and, you know, I'm like, oh, this is, this, this looks cool. And, you know, like, like they kind of like brought me in and like talked to me and was like, are you interested in joining a sorority? And I was like, yeah. 
Um, and, you know, they, they kind of ask those like little icebreaker questions, like what's your major and like, totally. what, what's your hometown? Yeah. And, you know, like I was opening up and it was a really like, like I felt really comfortable at that point. And then they asked like, oh, what year are you? And I was like, I'm a transfer student. This is my first semester. And, you know, then that's when it got a little, it took a left turn. And um, at the time, the culture was very like, we only want first year, second year students. Like, we don't want upperclassmen because they leave right away. Um, and so that kind of just like, that was the one time I shot my shot and I got shot down. Um, and, you know, oh, I had- so sad, I'm sorry. <laughs> And I, yeah, and so I will never forget, like I got involved in other capacities on campus and like I was an orientation leader, I was an RA and I was meeting like other sorority women and you know, like they, they had such a good heart, they were really sweet. And like, I was just vibing with them too. And we would just kind of like go back to that conversation of why aren't you like in a sorority? Like, why didn't you go through recruitment? And it was, um, you know, like I kind of like they kind of just told me like don't do it because you're you're a transfer student. And so I, you know, I just continued staying involved and like I continued to have friends in other organizations. Um, and then I graduated. Um, at the time, like my sister was also in un her undergrad and she went through recruitment and her her campus was different from mine in that like they really just opened up recruitment to anyone and everyone that wants to do it and so she went in as a transfer student as well went through recruitment and she found her home and she like it was like love at first sight um she had a big sister and you know like I'm a big like I'm, I'm an older sister and my sister and so like you know that little like older sister like kind of jealousy kicked in was like I've known you my whole life like why do you need a big sister all of a sudden oh my gosh my and... brother did the exact same thing he was like what do you mean you have a little I'm your little <laughs> yeah and so um you know that kind of kicked in and I saw how much of an impact it had on my sister. My sister was also like, I really want you to do this. Like, like, trust me, like you, like you, you can totally do this. Like you can be a legacy. And, um, you know, I, like she had, she was talking to, you know, the undergrad chapter at my undergrad and was like, I have a sister, like she, like, you know, I think she might be like a good initiate. And, you know, again, like it's all for me, I've always kind of had the whole outlook of like right place, right time and kind of like mm. that whole mentality. Um, it wasn't until I went off to grad school across the country and my sister also moved to go to grad school in another state. And we were both like, so we're going to do this like we're really, like really going to do this. And so, um, you know, it was like my last spring break as a grad student. And like, she was also on spring break and we flew back to her undergrad and I got initiated. And um, it was sweet because it was in the same chapter, same house where she had been initiated. And so um, I'll never forget, you know, like me and my sister both have like, you know, we have matching letters. Um, like, it has the date that I was initiated. And I think that was like, kind of like the one and only time where it's like, we actually like, we get along, but it was like really like deep. Um, I think, mm. and I think a lot about like how like we were close, but I think when you throw in that, that ritual component, that just really brought us closer. And now like, I look at um, us, like I, I advise, like I'm on the alumni, like um, advisory council for my undergrad chapter. Um, and she's also, and my sister's also on the alumni advisory council for her undergrad chapter. And it's always like, 
is kind of like hey like how's your chapter doing and like it's funny because it's in the same state and stuff so like we both know like oh like this is how your chapter is doing or like oh like this is what what y'all are up to so Mm. um it's just it's just kind of it's funny to be able to call my sister not just my sister but also like she's my sorority sister I love that I'm a I think that's so, so special. I love, especially like the advisor relationship you guys have now, right? It's not like it was just something that you check the box, you have like this common ritual. It's actually something that you're taking ownership and playing your role in. Like, I actually want to continue this and like be like play the alumni role, even though I didn't play the collegiate role. I think that's so special. Yeah. And, and there's like a bridge that's... for the both of you. Pardon me. Yeah, no, you're good. And I think it's something that like, um, we, we enjoy having conversations about, right? Like my sister, um, I have my master's degree in higher ed. She also has a master's degree in higher ed. And so like for us to be able to, um, apply like what we've learned in school, like kind of like outside into something we're passionate about is, um, it's rewarding. Oh, I love that. That's so funny. I, you hadn't told me previously that your sister also had a master's in higher ed. That's crazy. Yeah, it's great. It's just so like, I, this is the first time I'm actually like talking about this out loud and I'm like, wow. Yeah, that is super special. So what do you think has been like the most valuable part of your membership to AOPI? Oh, that's a good question. Cause I don't, I really don't think about this. I kind of just feel like I go through it and I just kind of like enjoy it. But I think the valuable part about my membership to AOPI besides like sharing this experience with like my own like blood sister is um, kind of like being on the alum- alumni end and like really meeting like these collegiate women. Um, I would, I didn't expect right off the bat to really like jump in and like be on alumni council. But at the time they were like, hey, we need, we need advisors. Like if you're moving back to the area, like you should do it. And at the time, like I had a little bit of social anxiety, like moving back to like my home state, kind of like near my hometown. Like I know I've grown as a person and I didn't know if like, you know, my friends would still see me the same way. And so um, I was like, this is going to be cool. It's a great way to make, like meet other people, make friends like from the sorority. And, you know, going back to the question, what's been the most rewarding? I think it's just like working with like the collegiate sisters, um, especially like for my own undergrad chapter, just cause like, I remember being an undergrad and even though I didn't have that collegiate experience, it's just being able to share those like um, conversations around like, oh, do you still go to like this like restaurant, like, you know, for like happy hour or like at the end of finals totally. or like, yeah. yeah, just kind of like talking about those things or like, um, it's always cute. Like when these collegiate women, like, you know, come talk to me and they're like talking about these, like, you know, they're talking about their boy problems from like guys, like in other houses. And it's like, oh, that, that hasn't changed. Like I was lines yeah. up. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like, that's, you know, it's been, it's been a couple of years that still lines up. So I think, Funny. I think just the, the network, like the network building and the relationship building has just been like the most rewarding for me. Mm, I love that. Well, because that's something, those are skills that we try to sell the women on in college as like an incentive to stay engaged as an alumna, right? Like don't see this as a four-year experience. See this as a Mm -hmm. lifelong experience because there's so much you can get out of it. And it's cool seeing you having only had, obviously you had perspective and insight, but you in a relationship with fraternity and story life without being a member of it. But as long as you've been a member it has only included those transferable skills. It has only included those lifelong benefits. And so it's cool for you to be able to be 
really an ambassador of that to collegiate women who have no idea what they've really gotten themselves into. But you're like, mm-hmm. I signed up for this. This is all I ever wanted, you know? Like, yeah, I think that's pretty cool. Yeah, I think if I did it as a collegiate, my whole experience would have been different um, in that like, I probably wouldn't have been active as an alum. Um, mm. But I think because, I think because like, you know, this alum experience is all I have. It's It's really like, encouraged me to make the most of it. Yeah, that's awesome. (laughs) So obviously you decided to pursue a career in higher ed and Mm -hmm. get your master's in higher education even before you became a member of AOPI. What really inspired or motivated that career direction? So I think what motivated me um, in undergrad, I was a child development major. So I, I was so set on, you know, being a preschool teacher, kindergarten teacher, or first grade teacher. But then, um, you know, I went to school in Silicon Valley and everyone knows Silicon Valley, like living is not the cheapest. And so I was one of those people, I was one of those people that worked multiple jobs to like, okay, I gotta, I gotta make sure like, you know, rent's covered, bills are covered. And, um, you know, one of my like, kind of like, I guess like student jobs at the time was that I was an RA. And like, when you're an RA, like you get free housing, you get a free meal plan. And um, I was an orientation leader. So I had summer housing too. And um, you know, a lot of like staff members really saw that like, oh, you're really good at this. Like, you're really passionate about it. Like, did you know you can do this as a full-time career? You get paid. Like, all you need to do is go to graduate school. And I was like, okay, like, I, I guess like I trust you on this. And so like, yeah. let's, let's let's explore this route. And so, um, you know, I, I did a couple internships like in other, like in other schools across the country. And I was like, if this internship has a good experience on me, then I'm gonna I'm gonna pursue this route. And so that's what had happened was um, I had such a transformative experience in my first internship that really like let's 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 go full send on this um, higher ed thing. And so I look back and I'm like, wow, like I really did all these things, and like I'm really like doing the thing that I wanted to do about like six seven years ago. So. That's stuff that I'm still trying to like work through is like, it's been this many years already because it still feels like yesterday. Okay. Well, what's so cool about that is it was this dream you had like a while ago and it's something that you were living and just got recognition for. Tell us about this NASPA award that you just got (laughs) after like you had this calling, right? Other people are like, you're really good at this, Clarissa. You should go do it. You go through grad school. Tell us about the award that you just received. So um, NASPA is the National Association for Student Affairs Professionals. And in the organization, there's different kind of like um, smaller communities. And so um, I'm really excited to be talking about this, especially since I know um, it's Asian American History Month. Um, I, yes. was recognized, I was recognized for, um, you know, kind of like being like a really involved participant and just kind of like for like being on the leadership team. Um, and like for like taking initiative and showing up in these spaces. And um, I I didn't expect it. I have always kind of just been like, oh, I'm just gonna like go and hang out. Like they're cool people, I like them. And um, yeah, it's, it's been surreal to know that like people really like see potential in me because sometimes I'm like, I still get a little scared. Like, am I really meant to do this? Can I just go back to like, I can always fall back on like, that idea of being a teacher but it's like sometimes like you need that little like push or that little validation that like you're meant to be like here and this is like where you're like what's for you is for you like sometimes I need that and I feel like through that happening like it really just kind of like 
um, validated that like you're, you're where you need, you need to be. And I think validation is always helpful regardless of the circumstances, regardless of your role, but I can only imagine how much more like valuable and like sweet that validation was after a year, like the past year that we've had, right. Being recognized for the initiative that you were taking in like the most unideal circumstances, right. Trying to engage students and help them find value in their collegiate experience while the world is ever changing around them from virtual to social distance, to an election, to God knows what else we've all lived through in the past whatever, 14 months. But I think that's really special that despite all of the chaos, you were still like standing out to them as someone worthy of that recognition. Yeah. Thanks. I'm just, yeah, it's been, it's, it's still, it still kind of feels like, like, I remember like when the award came in the mail, I was like, oh, this is like, wow. Like this is, this has my name on it. Like, this is really me. Like this could have been anyone else, but like, yeah so it's definitely been like it's weird to think because like I just like I feel like my career has just started and it just it's crazy to think that like you know like being in the pandemic and just like what's going on like with the world culturally and like politically it's like all of this all plays into a part not just in like a student the student experience but even like in FSL so Mm. yeah I love that. What do you think the most rewarding part for you has been um, of working in higher ed over the past couple of years? I feel like it's always going to be the students. Um, I know for me, like, I think like you can start the week on a Monday and you can have a student come in to your office and talk to you about all their problems or like what they're going through. And I'm very empathetic. So sometimes I feel like I'm bringing those problems with me home. And then like the, like, you know, the days of the week go by and then they come in on Friday and they're like, I'm good. Like, everything's okay. I worked through it. Like, I feel so much better now. And it's like, great. Like, like, I, I think one of, like, I think besides the students being like the most rewarding thing, I think it's just kind of like you wake up every day and you kind of just not know what to expect. Um, I know that just sounds super chaotic, but it's just like the fact that I like to be able to problem solve things, but also kind of like help people like get to point A to to point B and like make them appreciate kind of like the journey more than like, oh, you've got to the destination. And so Mm. those are the things that I really like, I find so much joy in. That's why you're on the podcast. Mm. That's literally Mm. what we live for, right? Trying to help people focus on the the journey, like you said, like Mm -hmm. the experience you have getting to the various destinations versus that arriving at those landmarks or points of recognition or check marks. So it's cool that that's part of like, like fuels you and Mm -hmm. yeah, is good for you. That's so aligned with everything we do here. You've also shared with me that in your work, you've been like called out and utilized to support fraternity and sorority life initiatives. What has that been like having not even been a collegian? Yeah. So my first experience with like recruitment was, um, I was in grad school. It was my first year. Um, At Virginia? In Virginia. Yeah. And, um, you know, so when I first first like kind of saw like okay so this is how recruitment works um they they cut my office at the time required or like if you were available they had all the graduate students really like 
you're going to come here on the weekend during like formal recruitment and you're going to be helping these women going through recruitment, like with the Maraba process, you know, you read them the contract, you like, totally. um, you, you sit with them and you're like, well, how was your day? Like, what, like, you know, like, how was your experience with the chapters and you help them like prep and, um, you know, I did that for the two years I was in Virginia and then I'd moved back to California, which is where I'm from. And um, the office, uh, my office, like my student involvement office in undergrad had actually been like, hey, like we're looking for volunteers. Like we know you're home, like you wanna do it. We know you did it in grad school. And, um, you know, I was like, yeah, I'll do it. And I will say like East Coast recruitment, West Coast recruitment are two different things in like terms totally. of like vibe and stuff. And so that was really interesting. And so like, kind of like being able to like see it from like the, the logistical point of like, you know, like working with NPC and like understanding the numbers have been like, I don't want to say crazy. I think it's just been like, I think when you go through it as as kind of like a PNM, you just kind of think of like, oh, I, I need I need to find the right fit. But then when you're like going like when you're doing this as like um, a volunteer, whether that's like um, you know like helping your own chapter or like kind of like working with like NPC, you realize like it's truly like not just a numbers game, but it's also like there's it's it's a very like high stake high pressure like kind of like yeah like you have to like it's like you're I feel like mentally it's like you're running and like making sure everything is like on point um and that was also the first time I I got to work with my the chapter I advised just kind of like behind the scenes like um kind of like switching the room out for every round and like switching girls out and like okay like you're gonna be here like this is like what we're like doing for this round and stuff like that and so it's it's interesting now, like to see it on all sides without ex even experiencing it as a PNM. Yeah, because I feel like I feel like if if I were to get to know someone who's like, oh, I want to go through the recruitment process, I don't think I could be able to tell them like this is what to expect. I think I would sit there and be like, well, I can tell you all the logistical things. I can tell you all the like this is like what it looks like. Like it it feels very chaotic on like the other side, but I know on on your side, it's just take a deep breath. Like it'll be okay. Right. And I feel like it's so hard to like, I, I feel and I can tell it's so hard to follow that advice as a PNM. But then I think at the end of the day, it's like, that's really like all you can do is really just show up and be yourself. Totally. And I, whenever I work with chapters or communities around mm -hmm. recruitment, that's something I try to help them like boil it down to, right? It's so easy for us yeah. to get caught up in the logistics and the, like, like you said, the algorithm, the math equations that help us ensure parity between all of our groups. But at the end of the day, we got to put that all aside, the best interest of the chapter, the best interest of the community. Yeah. And remember back to what it was like to be a potential new member. Even if we didn't have that experience, imagine what that was like to say, okay, all these women want these 18 to 21 year olds, they just want to belong mm -hmm. like you yeah. when you transferred, right? You were just like looking yeah. for a group of people to call your own and if we could do everything in our power to help these women have the most streamlined experience to ensure that they are feeling heard and seen and valued, even in chapters that they don't get invited back to in the logistics process and everything in between, then we're doing our job because everything else doesn't matter as much as that, you know? And I think yeah. that's like a super critical part to like higher ed, even like putting the students first and ensuring that we're cultivating spaces that they can belong and grow and be better equipped to learn and 
take on life after college. Yeah. And I'm, again, like, I really believe when it comes to these things that like, it'll all work out in the end. Yeah. Yeah. So good. So, I mean, having all these different perspectives and having not even been a sorority member in college, what do you know about the sorority experience now? Or what have you like gained from membership that you wish you knew in college or that you wish undergraduate women knew about the sorority experience right now? I feel like we can like sit here and we can talk for hours and we can write a whole like book or like a dissertation on all this just because I feel like there's so much but I think if there is one I I think like for me as a a collegiate you know or at the time like an undergrad if there was one thing I wish I knew was that um the culture will always change it'll always shift um and when I think about like you know women that are listening to this or like going you know thinking about recruitment or like like what does that sorority experience look like um I think I think the one thing that I can say is um you know what you put in is truly what you get out like I I've had so many women like from um the women that like I advise to like women that I've worked with in other capacities like talk about their experience and um you know I've heard so many different stories and you know like it's always like for me at least I'm asking the question like like have you like do you step out of your comfort zone? Because I really do think like, you know, learning begins at the end of your comfort zone. And, um, you know, if you're just going to be comfortable in your own, like, I get it. Like you want to feel like comfortable, like where you're at, but also like, I I don't feel like you're going to grow if you're just comfortable. Um, so I think if I had to tell like, you know, women out there, like what you put in is what you get out. And, you know, like we, like, like what you had said earlier, you know, it's like, we really try not to sell the, you know, it's just four years piece with when really it's like you can do this for the rest of your life like right it yeah and so um I've always admired that and so that's something that I really would want to tell women out there is that like really truly what you put in is what you get out whether that's like you decide to pick up a little or you decide to um you know participate in a philanthropy or like you know um take on a position just stuff like that like you know I I know it seems like a lot like a big ask but it's your experience that like you're, you're putting in and it's, it's yeah. an investment and, you know, like it's an investment to yourself and like your self growth and your development. And if, you know, you're not willing to work on that, then you're not going to get the experience that you want. Ooh, I love those words. <laughs> like it's an investment in yourself, right? Mm-hmm. This, I, I mean, sorority membership at the end of the day is a privilege, right? It's, yes. It's such a coveted experience that mm-hmm. a lot of college students or people don't have access to and looking at it like an investment, like you're taking this time, not this like philanthropy event or this membership development programming is not an inconvenience. It's not there to fill up more of your time or check a box for our Mm -hmm. national headquarters. It's there to help you grow and develop into a woman who's ready to take on the world. And if we're looking at it as anything short of that, we're totally missing the mark. And think the other really valuable thing is you never know who you're inspiring or impacting by investing in yourself right in the same way that mm-hmm. your sister investing in herself inspired you yeah. to invest in yourself after you graduated you know and now you have this really special bond rooted in ritual like that is so so sweet and you never would have had that if you 
if your sister hadn't gotten the most out of her AOPI journey too. Yes. That's so, so, I think you summed it up so well. Oh, you're so sweet. I, uh, I really <laughs> believe that though. Like sometimes to get other women to see the value of the sorority experience, we have to be embodying that ourselves. Mm-hmm. Definitely. I agree. So as it's like graduation season, right? A lot of women are becoming alumni or um, maybe there's women listening who are not affiliated, who are considering going through recruitment or have already graduated and just found this podcast in some way or another. What encouragement would you have for women um, embarking on their alumni journey um, as a sorority woman? Ooh, I like this. Um... I, I would say like if you are graduating or you know wanting to embark on that alum journey I would say go for it it's you know if if I hadn't done it I don't think I would have met the people that really like push me to be a better woman like I know like you know like I have my friends and stuff but I feel like the women that I've met through being an alum it it's inspiring it's inspiring it's impactful it um it's just that, that really, again, that relationship building is really like, it's driven me to like continue to give back um, as an alum. And I especially admire the women who have been, you know, like, oh, I was, I was initiated in the nineties and like, you know, they're, they're still back and they're still like working, working through it as an advisor. And so I would say like, like, give it a shot. It's not, um, it's not scary. I know some, um, I know some sororities will even like have an incentive for you as an alum where you join as join an alum chapter and like the alum chapter will pay your uh, membership fees for that first year. So, wow. Yeah. That's awesome. I haven't heard of that before, but that's a really cool opportunity that women should look into. Clarissa, thank you so much for being on the podcast and sharing your expertise and your story. Um, Is there anything else you want to share as we close? I just want to say thank you for having me. I've been like su- such a fangirl, like when I saw y'all on TikTok and Instagram. So <laughs> again, this awesome. is like a whole, this is a dream come true for me. Oh my gosh, that's so <laughs> sweet. Well, it's been super fun to have you and had the opportunity to share a really unique story and hopefully inspire other women whose journeys might look a little bit like yours. Yeah, thank you so much. I hope Clarissa's story is a really important reminder for you that it is so important how we accept and welcome and include women who show interest in the sorority experience. As a transfer student, Clarissa was super interested in what the sorority experience might hold, but felt turned off because she wasn't going to have a four-year experience. As we go into preparing for primary recruitment, I want you to think about strengths women like Clarissa could have in your chapter coming from a community college experience or just joining a little later in their collegiate membership. There is so much value to every single woman in their cha- in your chapter taking the path meant for them, not the streamlined path that every woman takes to find sorority membership. Embracing and encouraging women to pursue the timing and the organization that matches who they are as a person, their values, what they need in that season is going to cultivate a chapter of such strength and empowerment and confidence that you need for a healthy sisterhood. 
I hope you keep those things in mind as you spend the next few months preparing for primary recruitment and cultivating your sisterhood over the academic year. Thanks for tuning in to the Your Sorority Journey podcast this week. If this episode left you with any guidance or confidence to navigate your sorority membership, we would love to hear from you. Share a screenshot of this episode on your Instagram story and tag Her Sorority Journey so we can know what resonated with you. Also, be sure to leave a review wherever you listen so more sister friends can find this guidance just like you. Here for you always, sister. 